0: Well, hello, everybody. And welcome to the Chumps and Champs Fantasy Football Podcast, episode eighty seven, I believe this is. I'm Danny. Matt is here, and well, what what do you know, Matt? We got someone actually on the show. It's not Froggy Scott. It's real life human Scott so back from uh the dirty south. Now the dirty south is Georgia. He was in Florida. Scott, how's it feel to be back <laughs> in the uh the middle, middle of the country
1: it's good, yeah, it was fun never never seems to last long enough when you're there though. and then you come back to a shit storm at work, so it was all it was always in the back of my mind, so it's one of those where it sucks that you can't enjoy it as much as you want.
0: Were you working from your phone inadvertently
1: because you keep getting calls and texts about about stuff? absolutely these people have no idea how to figure things out on their own these days so yeah scheduling <laughs> things little little tiffs between employees and it's like my god just oh, just deal with it
2: shout out to all the employees at scott's work that <laughs> listen to the show <laughs>
1: well i don't know
0: what we we thought you were what we think matt you're button collecting or uh
2: uh, button convention
1: you're at a button convention <laughs> we collected a lot of <laughs> seashells <laughs> Ooh, you're gonna make some jewelry mm, a bunch of jellyfish bunch of jellyfish uh, really yeah it was bad that sucks have you guys ever got stung by a jellyfish um, i don't think we did there were a bunch of little like clear ones that didn't really have tentacles so i don't think those ones sting But we all were getting these like little like mosquito bite looking things, and I think there's one point where I saw one on my hand. It almost looked like a little larva. I'm wondering if it was like a jellyfish, like larva's baby or whatever. It's weird. That sounds absolutely horrifying. (laughs) 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 What beach was this? So I can never go there. (laughs) Pensacola. Uh
0: Well, you know what? Other than Scott's vacation, it was a big week, um, specifically in the NFL, because guys, preseason football happened for everybody. And uh, we learned some stuff a little bit about some rookies, about some schemes, about who's breaking through to get starting jobs. So today we're going to talk about the preseason week one, kind of go over what happened there, what we're thinking about that. We're going to do tight end rankings here at Chumps of Champs. And we're going to go over kicker and defense strategy. Um, It's going to be a good one here. Let's start, though, with the preseason takeaways. And right out of the gate, guys, the one I want to talk about first is Mr. Justin Fields, uh, Chicago Bears rookie. He was looking hot. I mean, he wasn't perfect, but he was looking uh, NFL ready, I would say. What do you guys think of Justin Fields
1: now? Makes me glad I took him in our uh, listener league as my backup.
2: Still not interested in drafting him even as a high upside guy on my team at this point in time, but it makes me feel better about having Allen Robinson in two of my leagues that have drafted so far. So Mm -hmm. I think uh, that solidifies my he'll be okay whether Andy Dalton or Justin Fields is starting the year. How did Dalton look, Danny?
0: Okay. I mean, I don't even really remember because no one was talking, but the cameras weren't even on. Everyone's just waiting for Justin Fields like he was a big celebrity (laughs) like Tim Tebow or something. I mean, Dalton looked fine, but – Fields was hitting, bomb. he had rushing touchdown, great decision. He looked elusive. He also was holding on to the ball a little bit, and uh, did some rookie stuff. So we'll see. It seems like
2: every rookie I've seen in the preseason has been holding on to the ball a little bit longer. That's just something you got to learn. Yeah, especially NFL.
0: Scott's boy, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, looked kind of. Meh. It looked like he he was so he was hitting tight windows. He was making some good throws, toy, real toy, real toy windows there. But he was also holding onto the ball way too long, probably because he had all the time in the world when he was at Clemson to do whatever the hell he wanted. And uh, Jacksonville offensive lines, a little bit different. Scott, how, are you uh, happy to see that he got through week one unscathed more so than anything?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. I never put that much stock in a preseason. I mean, it's yes, it's similar to game speed reps, but even that, it almost seems like, you know, they're. I want. I don't want to say the word or phrase "working on things," but you know, like they don't give a shit what the score is. They're just trying to execute certain stuff. So it's it really doesn't matter a whole lot to me. But I I would have liked to see them do a little better.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Always. our boy Gardner Minshew got the least amount of attempts at quarterback and the only interception. What's going on here? What's with the Minshew <laughs> magic?
0: Oh, are they, yeah, are they
2: just protecting him? That, yeah. That they want him it's, to get injured? Uh, it's no. got
0: to be that. just want to make sure that you, the future of the franchise is protected. Guess so who s- had
2: the most passing attempts on their team?
0: Tim Tebow.
2: CJ Beathard.
0: Oh, the beatster. Huh? Mm.
2: Was it San Francisco? Was that right from last year? I don't even know. I think so, yeah.
0: That guy beats hard. Mm. Um, our boy, Scott, Drew Locke out there in Denver versus Teddy Bridgewater. Who's going to be the starter in Denver? Well, we really didn't get much further into figuring that out. Uh, Drew Locke, five for seven for 151 and two
1: touchdowns. He hit an 80-yard bomb to KJ Hamler. I did hear that on the radio. I didn't, haven't seen it, though. Was it did like it the was defender good. fall or was it actually a good pinpoint pass?
0: Um, Hamler got loose back there, but it was a really good pass, like a genuine distance right on the money pass. It was actually and I'm not a huge Drew Locke fan. Now that he's out at Mizzou, that looked good. <laughs> Uh, Bridgewater though seven for eight for seventy nine yards and touchdown a little bit more reserved. I, I was reading that Drew Locke I guess took an extra another step towards the starting role after this game, but there's still two more to go.
2: Well, if you take away the eighty yard bomb, I mean it's it's a similar, still pretty good. Same <laughs> stat line. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I guess they were saying he was making good decisions. Um, was accurate with the with his throws, but we'll see. We've seen that before. <laughs> Um, I don't know about that, but another quarterback uh, battle took place in New Orleans between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. And also really nothing kind of happened because both guys did some good things and also kind of pooped their pants at times. The Saints had six turnovers in that game.
2: (laughs) Sounds about right. It
0: makes me a little nervous, but it's preseason. What are you going to do? Come back,
2: Drew oh my
0: gosh drew or phil
2: scott just bring back the frog boys for himself that was real a real scott
0: froggy boys that's why we do it listeners
1: (laughs) can you imagine if after the preseason the saints were sucking up and then drew Brees calls and goes all right i'll come back oh my god
0: (laughs) what would you do if you're the the gm of the saints and he's like i really want this i'm going to come back But you have to fire Taysom Hill to do it. I I I don't I don't know. You have to say yes, right? Otherwise, the Saints fans are going to be super upset with you. (laughs) He runs that town. Um, Matt, are you nervous about Malcolm Brown versus your boy Miles Gaskin? Looks like Brown started, and they were splitting some time. Concerned?
2: Uh, I don't think so. in LA, there are always concerns about Malcolm Brown, like splitting reps with whether it was uh, Henderson or if it was Cam Akers. But Malcolm Brown just never seems to get the lion's share of the work. He'll get some third down reps and some goal line reps, but Gaskin's going to be the boy there. I wouldn't worry about it. If anything, they're probably just limiting touches on Gaskin in the preseason.
0: There you go. That's how to view it. I mean, are you, though, at all concerned about Gaskin's um, touchdown upside with Malcolm Brown being there? No. <laughs> You've planted your flag. I'm concerned more about his
2: touch on upside being on Miami. What that just happened, Scott? What did you do?
0: Did you open an airplane door?
1: <laughs> I need my Coke for my whiskey Coke, fellas. Did you, I did only you, had a two, two liter available.
0: Did you put <laughs> the two liter right in front of the microphone to open I that I sure thing? did. <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ. <laughs> It probably won't even show up on the recording, though.
0: Man, when you come back, you come back.
2: I was kind of disappointed. The episode where Scott peed with the door open in the background—you couldn't really hear the the stream on the on the podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I even I took. um I'm pretty sure I raised the volume on me shouting from the background, so you could at least pick that up a little easier. Oh man, first class
0: podcast. Um. A couple more things. Trey Lance showed that he could throw uh, a bomb. He threw a big old touchdown pass. Also, he got sacked a bunch of times and uh, held on to the <laughs> ball, too. So he looked like a rookie there. But still, Trey Lance is interesting. I'll take him at the end of drafts. Nothing he can uh, actually toss it.
2: What about you guys? I think it's a little Gary Polo show.
0: <laughs> okay. Straight up the opposite of what I said. Scott, what do you think?
2: I don't know. I feel like
1: at the end of drafts, there's other guys that I like a little more, but I'm not going to say no, if he's still sitting there and there's no one else, Mm -hmm. if everyone goes second quarterback before me, eh, why not? Why not? You can always drop him.
0: The most irrelevant, um, win streak in history has been extended by the Baltimore Ravens. I didn't even know about this. The Baltimore Ravens won their 18th straight preseason game. That's kind of awesome. They haven't lost since 2015 in the pre in the preseason and the irrelevant that's games
1: absurd oh, yeah. i don't think i've watched a preseason game
2: since 2015
0: <laughs> yeah but i mean if you're a ravens fan there's all constantly finishing three and oh and four and oh you're gonna be good to go that's uh that's all i got though you guys have any other preseason takeaways you want to touch on before we get into our tight end rankings
2: that Nader. silence
0: is <laughs> okay All right, guys, let's dig in. We did this in a tier-based way, just like we did the wide receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks. Uh, Tier one is two guys, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle for us. Um, We all had Kelsey at number one, and we all had Kittle at number two. So, Travis Kelsey, how hot is he on a scale of one to Beyonce? From a football standpoint. Or from a sexual standpoint, whatever you guys want.
1: Go ahead, Matt. Does have a white or very well groomed goatee or beard? Yeah. Okay,
2: so we'll go with, we'll go the sexy route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a I guess a fantasy sip on him earlier, or maybe I just wrote sort of a blurb for our uh, fantasy draft pit, which I will go ahead right now and interject that, that is available on our website now. Uh, it's kind of a Google sheet that's integrated to the website, but if you hit file download, you can download your own Excel copy for at home. So check that out. Let us know how it's working. Put a little bit of time into that. It's got your rankings, your uh, auction values, your draft ADPs, and blurbs on most players. So, uh, speaking of that, all I said in that blurb was everything is great about Travis Kelsey besides his age. His team's great. His production's great. Not slowing down. Him and uh, Mahomes are on the same page. They're thinking the same. They're they're moving in the same ways. I don't see anything slowing down unless age plays a role and whether that's him getting injured or him losing a step or something, I don't know, but it's not, it's not anything that showed up yet. I'll say that. Much. Mm-hmm. Scott.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't argue with that. Uh, my only question is, do you think the gap closes this year between Kittle and Kelsey? I know Kittle was hurt last year and his numbers were looking pretty good, but do we think they'll finish pretty close this year? Assuming they're both healthy all year.
2: Oh, hell yeah. I I think that's a good shot at Kittle finishing better than Kelsey, but I had to put Kelsey number one out of respect for everything I just said, but I'm a big Kittle fan. He stays healthy. If the 49ers can just be a healthy team in general this year, we're going to get a lot of upside here
0: yeah i agree with everything that you just said like i do think that the gap is going to close and there is a world where george kittle can be the number one even though travis kelsey has finished tied at number one for five straight years there's going to be a time when that stops and can travis kelsey do what he did last year again 1400 yards and 11 touchdowns over 100 receptions that's i mean he has done that i mean a bunch but at a certain point, that can get, that came down a little bit, you know, 1,100 yards, 1,200 yards. Kittle has hit 1,300 yards before in his career. He just needs to get those touchdowns up. George Kittle hits, what, five touchdowns, five touchdowns, right around there, whereas Kelsey's breaking double digits. That's where Kittle needs to break through if he's going to be the number one, but I think that's possible if you get better quarterback play.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, and their O-line doesn't get decimated.
2: <laughs> the
0: 49ers? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, a total tragedy. Wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, George Kittle, offensive line. It was a totally different team. So, yeah, I do think that the sky's the limit for George Kittle. It's like Matt, like you said, though, out of respect for Travis Kelsey, you have to put him at number one because why wouldn't you put him at number one? Now, the, the big question is where would you take Travis Kelsey because he's first-round caliber but where would you have to be sitting in order to pull the trigger on Travis Kelsey and feel good about it?
2: For me, it'd be the two, three turn. And there's no way that he's lasting that long in drafts this year.
1: Agreed. I would, I would take him on in the second round. If I was like the third overall pick, cause I knew I'd have another pick coming pretty soon. But if I'm at the, you know, Beginning of the second round, I got to wait a long way for my wide receiver one or RB one. No, thanks. I I just can't do it. See, I would do it at the beginning of the second round. If you're in like the eight or nine
0: spot, even 10 spot and it comes back around because if you you think about it, Travis Kelsey could be your wide receiver one just in a different slot there. And then you don't have to worry about your tight end ever again for the rest of the draft because he's going to get elite (laughs) wide receiver numbers. It's just hard to figure out the rest of your draft when you take a tight end that early, you know?
2: Yeah, but wide receivers are something that's deep this year, so I can see that if you want to solidify your tight end slot. My only argument then, again, would be is if I drafted my wide receiver one in the second round and he was 32, I'd still be concerned about the age on my wide receiver. And I hate just playing the age game, but it is a concern to me.
0: So our tier two is composed of three guys. Uh, number three is Darren Waller, number four, TJ Hawkinson, and number five, Mark Andrews. Uh, Matt, you've got TJ Hawkinson slotted in there at number three ahead of Darren Waller. Uh, what do you like about TJ Hawkinson?
2: Yeah, I was kind of overlooking my rankings before his podcast. I saw that, almost took it back. But I like I like <laughs> it still. I think I've always said it that Goff is just getting shit on with this trade to Detroit. Like Stafford is a, a like amazing and Goff was crap. And I still think Stafford's amazing, but Goff has been a competent NFL quarterback. He's decent and he has Super Bowl experience. He's he'll be able to make this offense competent. And they've added pieces on the O line. They've done things to improve except at wide receiver and oh. Guess what that does? It funnels more targets to their stud tight end. I think he's going to get drilled with targets from Goff, and I think I always say I want a tight end that has eight eight targets a game, and I'm going to be in love with him. And I think Hawkinson's going to get like 10 a game, if not more.
1: I feel like you make that same argument with Waller, though, and he he did it last year. That's why I like him more. Mm-hmm. He's kind of in that same situation where there's really no wide receiver that you're worried about, and I, I would rather have Hawkinson's quarterback than Waller's, but Waller just did it last year. That makes me have a lot of confidence that he's going to do it again.
2: But did I also mention that Hawkinson is in his breakout year? The breakout year? That's
0: <laughs> true. You did not mention that, Andy has beautiful hair. Yeah. Have you seen that? Luscious locks, the curls. And-
2: the, the Detroit team just seemed so fun. Like He was so excited because the old coach, Hawkinson, he was like squashing Hawkinson down, couldn't let him have any fun. And new uh, Dan Campbell was like, you know what, Hawkinson? Have fun out there. Be Hawkinson. And he
0: is. It's going to do wonders for him. Yeah, he had over 100 targets last year. If that can go up, like Waller and Kelsey have 145 and 146 targets. If you can get Hawkinson up there, like the 130 mark, as long as he can score touchdowns, that's my concern with this Detroit team. Is can he score touchdowns? I hope he can get up to like, if he gets seven touchdowns this year, he going to be the answer, just Danny, fine. is yes. Okay. Well, good. Yes. I didn't know. And that's why I brought it up on the show, is to find out. Um, Mark Andrews, though, boys, Scott, you're the highest on Mark Andrews. You like Andrews more
1: than Hawkinson. What gives? I will always love Mark Andrews. You really will, <laughs> won't you? <laughs> it's it's one of those what have you done for me situations. So I always hold him in a good light. And if you listen to my fantasy sip, it kind of dives into his numbers a little bit of, he was less productive in last year, but everyone's going to have a down year. I mean, it is what it is, but he was just as involved as the two years before that. So he, he was a little... If he played all sixteen games, which he played one game less, and I think he had I don't know like nine or ten less targets and five or six less receptions. So had he played that extra game, he would have been right on par with twenty nineteen. It's just he wasn't quite as productive. I think he'll bounce back. I think he's going to be right there, tight end four. I'd be surprised if he's not.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, he's in the same boat as Waller and Hawkinson with a no no other weapons there, and he has an elite quarterback. As long as that guy can throw the ball um also oh,
2: come on there's not no weapons in baltimore
0: who who are you talking about marquise brown
1: or sammy watkins
2: yeah <laughs> oh my God. Marquise brown who if we're gonna talk up uh, tight ends in their third year marquise brown is going into his third year um they got sammy watkins and they just drafted they they also got bateman yeah but he's hurt that is three first round draft pick wide receivers mm-hmm. on that team. And you're going to tell me that they don't have anything at wide receiver. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Moving <laughs> <on>. <laughs>
0: That's, no, I hope that uh, Rashad Bateman comes back soon. He hurt something and he may miss a couple weeks at the beginning. That'll, that'll be a bummer.
1: But uh, the Raiders have, what's his name? Uh, wide receivers. He was a first rounder, right? yeah rugs was yeah yeah. he shit the bed so
0: (laughs) we'll see it's all about Amon ross saint brown baby there and uh detroit's gonna snipe all of hawkinson's uh love (laughs) are you worried about that matt
2: oh no he's just gonna draw coverage
0: (laughs) he just demands that coverage uh let's take uh let's take a quick break guys before we uh finish out the rest of the tiers of these two
1: Hey, everybody, Ty here with Dan and Tone from the Upper Decker Podcast. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Chumps to Champs. These guys absolutely kill it when it comes to fantasy football. And I'd be willing to bet that if you're uh, a football fan, there's a good chance you follow baseball as well.
0: And if that's the case, we want you to finish up this episode and then head on over to the Upper Decker Podcast. We cover all things baseball. So whether you want to hear about the latest on the field action, listen to breakdowns of trades and signings, or learn about some crazy baseball history, we've got a little something for everyone.
2: We are going to drop some knowledge on you and hopefully give you a few laughs in the process. If you want to check us out, we're available on all your streaming platforms. We'd also encourage you to follow us at Upper Decker Pod on Twitter and Facebook, Hope you check us out and enjoy the rest of this episode of Chumps to Champs. Woo!
0: All right, boogers and Bugettes. Boog- uh, we are doing the tight end rankings for the Chumps to Champs podcast. Um, We covered the top five, which was Kelsey Kittle, Waller, Hawkinson, and Andrews. So let's move on to tier three. Three guys in here. Number six is Dallas Goddard. Number seven, Logan Thomas. And number eight, Mr. Kyle Pitts himself. So, guys, thoughts, likes and dislikes for this group.
2: I was really infatuated with Dallas Goddard um, this year because I thought Earth was out the door. I thought his bags were packed. He was either getting traded or really just hated him. There's some issue there. And all of a sudden, it sounds like him and Goddard are getting like equal usage. And I'm not liking the signs of uh, what I'm hearing here. Have you guys uh, changed your opinion at all? To be honest, I. Uh...
1: I hadn't hadn't heard that, Matt, so that that's making me... You've been me... in Florida. You've been in Florida. It's
0: true. <laughs> living the dream down there. Yeah, um, a little bit, maybe. But I think Dallas Goddard's way better than Zach Ertz at this point in their careers. So I think that the cream will rise to the top. And I think Goddard is going to be the uh, fantasy tight end you want in Philadelphia. But it's not certain that Ertz will still be there. I mean, at the beginning of the season, throughout the entire season... So I'm still okay with Dallas Goddard. I am. Maybe I'm a little bit more down on him. I had him up there on like four at one point, and I brought him down to seven in my rankings for that reason. But
1: in a tight end wasteland, I'd still go for him. Yeah, if if Ertz is there, I'm thinking Logan Thomas jumps Goddard, and then maybe Noah Fant as well for me. It's just uh, one of those situations that I, I'm not going to like completely dismiss him, but. I think there's other guys then that were close enough caliber wise in my mind that if he's got question marks, I don't want to play that game. I'll just take a guy that I know is going to be the number one.
0: And speaking of Logan Thomas, uh, you guys have been number seven. I've got a number eight. Do you think things are going to change for Logan Thomas now that Ryan Fitzpatrick is there? Antonio Gibson's breaking out. They got Curtis Samuel in there. Do you think Things are going to get better, get worse, stay the same for Logan Thomas, who finished as the tight end three last year. Uh, What do you expect out of him?
2: Better? I think this whole team is going to be a lot better. Um, There's going to be a lot more scoring opportunities, which I think tight ends always benefit from more red zone trips. Um, Logan Thomas is one of my my baby bumpers going into the draft. Scott, you taking
0: Logan Thomas in these
1: middle rounds? I like him a lot. He's he's a guy that I was big on last year just from even the beginning when they were hyping him up before he did much and then it seemed like every week he was getting 8 to 9 targets and it was just great. And now you talk about the quality of targets is going to go up most likely and I just think that means his overall fantasy numbers will probably go up. See, so you guys have Kyle Pitts there at 9 and
0: 10. I've got him at 6, which is keeping him in this tier and I've got, I'm slowly starting to wonder if you guys are right. And I'm just, I'm, I don't want to be buying the dip on Kyle Pitts, but I think I am. I don't know. The fourth uh, overall pick in the drafts. I mean, great talent. And he's going to slide in there as the number two guy behind Ridley. Oh, but I don't know. Am I going way overboard
2: with Kyle Pitts? You think he's just automatically going to eclipse Russell Gage there?
0: No, no, I don't. I don't know, Matt. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing anymore.
2: <laughs> I mean, I I agree with a couple of points. Like he he seems incredibly talented, and he does seem like he he fits more of a wide receiver skill set and body type. But he will be playing at tight end, and we we know the rules on tight ends in their first year in the NFL and how productive they are. And it's it he it would be the exception to the rule if he just busted on the scene in every week startable tight end category, which I think people in this tier like Logan Thomas and Goddard bending Ertz could be every week startable. So that's where my concern is here. I like the upside, but I'm still I'm still not drafting it here in my drafts.
0: Where do you guys think the ceiling is for Kyle Pitts? I mean, even if he had the best year ever for a Rookie tight end, I mean, all that would take would be like eight hundred yards or something like that, and like six or seven touchdowns. But still, that would probably put him at like wide, like tight end, like four or five. Is that his ceiling? Then is tight end four or five? Because he's not going to pass Kelsey Kittle or Waller, right?
2: I was going to say tight end four. Oh, okay. Yeah, sounds about right.
1: I remember drafting Aaron Hernandez, and I don't remember if that was his rookie year or not. When him and Gronk were obviously two tight ends set and both did really well, and they were both startable every week, but I don't remember if that was Aaron's rookie year because he did great for me, but apparently didn't put up super flashy numbers. If he's, if there's right. nothing that's crazy tight end wise in their rookie years,
2: spending his time murdering people. Oh, I was
0: wondering if Matt was to yeah. yeah. go for it. <laughs> Rest in peace. RIP, baby. <laughs> uh, I did have one
2: fantasy that year too, Scott. So I get it.
0: So moving on from the murder to uh tier number four. It's got four guys in it. Number nine, Noah Fant. Number ten, Robert Tunyon. Number eleven, Tyler Higby, and number twelve, Mr. Irv Smith, who I keep calling Edo Smith because I'm an idiot. Uh, isn't that the lawyer and the... that's what i brought up in <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that scott were you on that show yeah yeah it said yeah. i smith and i thought it was the lawyer in the oj trial but that's just <laughs> that was judge ito none of it was irv smith
1: uh, so, uh, <laughs>
0: so you have to excuse my friend right? he's a little slow So Matt, you've got Tyler Higby there at eight. So after the past week when we were talking a little bit about Tyler Higby, it seems like you have hopped on in to the uh, the Higby pie.
2: Yeah, I I really like his situation in LA, and I don't know why people aren't looking at it more. I I don't have his stats up, career stats, but I think Stafford being there is a plus. I think the Robert Woods getting a little bit older, Cooper Cup still there, but just they're. Their whole offense is going to be good, and they got rid of, uh, who do they ship off to Seattle? Gerald Everett. ABC yeah. only really tight end in the mix now. Yeah. Ah, I feel like all, all of these things. I, I think he could be a hidden gem this year, and I think eight is a fine spot to put him in.
1: Scott, who's your favorite out of this group? I think I'll go with Noah Fant. I like Tanya, but... He, when I looked at his stats, had a lot more touchdowns than I thought he did. So he seemed pretty touchdown dependent. Eight of them, or something? Eight no, or nine?
0: He had eleven touchdowns. Eleven? Oh wow. Okay. On fifty-nine targets.
1: Wow. <laughs> that's <laughs> well. There you go. That's ridiculous. But go ahead and talk about Fant. I thought he was injured more than he was last year, and it seems like when he's on the field, he does salad. Like he's mm-hmm. he's one of those lower tier tight ends that you at least feel confident playing every week. I don't feel the same about Tyler Higby, just because of what they did the end of, you know, two seasons ago, we're all big on him. Oh, he's going to be so good. And then they steered away from that whole offensive style. And I don't see why his numbers would shoot up if they don't go back to that style. Yeah. They have another quarterback who can sling it and everything, but if he's not put in the situation where they're targeting him or looking at him, I don't know. I just don't have enough confidence that he's gonna be back to the that end of 2019, you know, form.
0: Yeah, Robert Tunyon. We have him this year. I just I we already touched on it though. The touchdown to targets was out of control. It was and I don't understand how that could possibly be the case again uh, this upcoming year. Uh, I like Irv Smith though, guys. I'm a bigger. I got him in my top ten. Uh, the Alabama. Native, uh, in this offense, Justin Jefferson is going to draw a lot of coverage away. I know Thielen's there, but you're gonna see Irv Smith score double digit touchdowns in this offense because he's a great red zone threat. Irv Smith, you're gonna hear him probably next week when we talk about our breakouts, sleepers, and bus. But, uh, what do you guys think of uh, Irv Smith? You, you,
2: uh, you biting? I agree. And I think he deserves to go up a couple spots in my ranking. Right now, I have him behind Kaseki, which is just, just wrong. At least uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Kaseki fan. <laughs> so um, he'll be moving up one or two spots. Uh, but I see you still have him one spot ahead of Higby. You think his situation and previous production is that much better than Higby to where he warrants that? And I guess change in situation too. I mean, but I more, the, but the fact that Higby has been fantasy relevant with everett there and now just everett's gone and they got stafford and i
0: yeah i think that i'll probably swap those if you are going to make me choose Uh, all right i think you've uh because i think that the la rams passing game is going to be much more vibrant than minnesota's uh minnesota's dalvin cook based and then they pepper in jefferson then whatever is left compared to higby could be a In a bigger role, so I will swap them 10 and 11 because Matt convinced me. But we can talk about Mike Kosicki in this next tier. We got Mike Kosicki at 13, probably because Matt has him too high. But what are you gonna do? Hunter Henry, Austin Hooper, John Smith, and Rob Grankowski closes out tier number five. So I guess I'll talk about Austin Hooper real quick. I'm highest on him, I got him at 13. I think I'm just buying in of the Cle- Cleveland Browns. And uh, that offense is going to have a lot of scoring opportunities. Austin Hooper proved in Atlanta that he can be a focal point of an offense and of sorts, I should say. I think breakout time. Austin Hooper, a late career breakout time for the Hoopster. Um,
2: what if you drafted Austin Hooper and Amari Cooper? And you could name your fantasy team the Hooper Cooper Hooper Coopers, <laughs>
0: The Hooper Cooper Boopers yeah that's what i would do if i ever do that i will change my name to the hooper
1: cooper poopers
0: uh scott who do you like out of this group
1: uh rob gronkowski baby i feel like my rankings might be a little skewed at this point I haven't re- is, is it because you're looking at ours i think well this was all based on how and i'm not still i'm not gonna get rid of this thought at first but he came back last year after spending time off he's back in shape he's there with tom i know they've got a lot of offensive weapons you know wide receiver wise but given his history with brady and like i said now he's in shape he might be on the field more i think a lot of his numbers weren't that great because i don't feel like he played a crazy amount of snaps last year like he was out there when they wanted him to be but I don't think he had the blocking role that he usually does because I don't feel like they thought he was in shape as much as he needed to be since he was kind of a last-minute addition. I think if he's in shape this year, coming on strong, I mean, let's be honest, he he could be one of those guys that nobody sees that all of a sudden he goes back to his older form and he finishes a top-10 tight end. I wouldn't be crazy surprised by that.
2: I think what scares me the most about him is just consistency. Yeah, he got more in shape and in the mix towards the end of the season, but still, wasn't it like the first two rounds of the playoffs, he just nothing, and then Super Bowl, yeah, explosion. But I I don't know if I can trust consistency here, especially because they still have, outside of all their receiver threats, they have O.J. Howard and Brait still. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a lot of tight end. He's going to have his big games, but I, I still feel like they're going to be fair and far between Is that a few, few and far Fe- between
1: few. Okay. okay, and okay. also fair,
2: <laughs> and fair. <laughs> Um, in this tier i don't love anybody i love hunter henry and johnny smith on different teams and i don't know what's going to go on here in new england
0: yeah i think i'm
2: hunting in this tier <laughs> i'm just gonna like punt and grab somebody real later play the waiver wire
0: yeah let's talk about the tier six then because there's a couple of interesting guys especially one that i know that you like matt but you got Evan Ingram at 18, Adam Troutman, Anthony Ferkser, and Cole Komet from Chicago there. Matt, go ahead and talk to us about Anthony Ferkser, because I know you want to.
2: Man, I think where you're getting him in drafts, he's going to be a nice little plug-in your lineup. Whether you got a high upside guy that you want to see, if he kind of slides into that role, if you want to play the waiver wire, whatever, I think Ferkser is immediately going to go into a, I don't know, Six to eight target a game role, and he's going to be productive. He's used in clutch situations. Uh, obviously, Tannehill trusts him. And everybody's overlooking that he is the only tight end on Tennessee, and I know they're run heavy, but they pass enough. Believe me, they do. And that this is going to be the biggest rock to solidify your tight end spot until you you find something huge upside later on. Scott, There's a other guys in this here that I like,
0: but I'm gonna let you guys talk about them. Scott, who's your favorite out of this group? Uh you have to pick one. You can't just say pass. I uh,
1: you can pass. Uh, yeah. No, I'll go um I'll go Cole Komet if uh, Fields is in there. Why not? There you go. I mean yeah. you oh, got wait. Alan Robinson and you got um uh what the hell's Mooney? name. Mooney. Uh, so there's some uh, weapons there, but I think he's a nice, well-rounded third target out there. I don't know about the situation so much with Troutman in New Orleans. We'll we'll see, and I I think we all have lost all faith in Evan Ingram, even though he was pretty talented. So, I mean, the way that Matt talks about Firkser, it just it. it it instantly when I see his name, I start to get a little more excited than I should when I have no <laughs> no like knowledge to back it up or watch him play at all. But Matt's is so big on him, it just kind of put the stigma in my head. So I'll, I'll go Comet with, the I guess, for are close behind.
2: Well, I think Danny's going to elaborate on Troutman, so I'll leave that there. But before we go there, you said Cole Comet. Is that just something we say on the podcast? How do we pronounce his last name? It's
0: It's Comet.
2: Uh, is this one yeah. thing like after he's a stud for five years in the NFL, he's going to come out in some <laughs> stupid news story and say like, "Hey, my last name's actually pronounced Kels." No one would do that. No, <laughs> no rational human being would ever no fucking do that. Self-respecting
1: human being. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: right. No, Cole. Uh, no, not Cole Troutman. Adam Troutman does not have a lot of experience here, but with Michael Thomas out. uh he showed flashes of what he can do as a good route runner. He can block, so he will be out there a lot. I, and his, tar- his targets are going to be there because there's not, I mean, who are you going to throw it to? You can't just keep dumping it off to Camara a hundred times a game. So Trapman could be a, a real steal there, especially if
1: Winston wins the job and starts air mailing everything. I was just about to ask would it change with whoever those was a quarterback? Cause I feel like Taysom Hill is not the gunslinger and that's your better tight end situation. Whereas Jameis Winston's looking for the deep ball more. It's true. But I mean, even Taysom Hill's got to throw it to somebody. So right, that's, that's what I'm saying. He's more of the short pass mentality in my mind. So that's where I would put Troutman higher with, mm-hmm. if, if he were to win the job,
0: I wonder what Jameis Winston's going to do. If he wins the job, if he's going to change his mentality or if he's just going to go, if he's every single snap, he's just gonna wave everyone downfield <laughs> and just go full Hamski, which would be amazing. And I'll watch all the Saints games. But I wonder. Um, and the the last tier is a bunch of guys, which is basically the rest of the guys you could possibly draft um that you can think of. I'm not even gonna list them. Who do you guys is there another tight end that we haven't mentioned outside of our top 21 that if you kicked it position all the way down the street that you would finally be like, okay, fine. I'm okay with taking this guy. Is there anyone that you can think of?
2: I kind of like the Blake Jarwin upside. We were all hyped about him going into 2020 and he had that injury early and the team crumbled to shambles and blah, 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 this and that. But, uh, and what was it last year go to the season? He got that big payday and he's still probably on that big payday. They had plans for him in Dallas Mm -hmm. when him being healthy. This is your zero draft capital. Why not? I'll, if I punt it, I'll take a fire on Blake Jarwin.
1: I like it, Scott. Yeah, that was mine. So I'm going to, on a win pick another one. And I'm going to go with uh, Jared Cook. Unbelievable. He's... So he took mine. He goes off of yours and he takes mine. <laughs> He's been successful in the past. And you put him in an offense where Herbert loves to throw the ball. And they've got a decent wide receiver one, or great wide receiver one, decent two. And then you would throw him out there. He could get his fair share. It might be boomer bust, but I mean, at this point, what the hell else do you expect?
0: And I'll go with Gerald Everett, uh, Seattle. I mean, we mentioned him on the Rams. But now he's freed and he's in Seattle with Russell Wilson, who's a Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame quarterback. Future, so in the future, he's clearly the best tight end of the group there. And he could be something on a regular basis. So I'll go with Gerald Everett. Anything else you guys want to talk about tight ends? You want to talk about some uh, kickers and defenses a little bit. The, uh, the scrudge. Of the fantasy community,
1: ill <laughs> scrunchies. You make that word up? I think I did. Uh, it's a mix of,
0: <laughs> I don't know, but I'm gonna start using Scrudge more. Let's talk kickers a little bit. Uh, what Barts. do you guys think? What's your strategy? Who you uh, who you eyeballing? Is there a tier of yes, I want one of these guys, and after that, I don't care? Or what do you think? Nope. Yeah, is that it? That's,
1: ex- that's exactly what it is.
0: Matt, you put if a little more effort in, if I remember right. You <laughs> think about domes, you think about offenses, which I guess a good fantasy manager and drafter would.
2: <laughs>
0: but I guess Scott and I don't. So, Matt, talk to us about kickers, and if there's one one guy that you really, really prefer.
2: Yeah, so I think... With that being said, I've I've mentioned Hyung-Wai-Ku a lot on this podcast, and not only is he ranked high and he's been a stud in the past, but he plays in a dome. I think he he has some good early season matchups. Week two, he's at Tampa Bay, which isn't a a scoring-friendly defense or a dome or anything like that, but he also plays um, at home against Philly in the first week, and then at new york in the third week um i think he's got a nice schedule um after that i will mention one other that i've had my eye on i don't know if this is justified or not i'll let you guys be the deciders. but michael bagley of the the los angeles clippers not only do i like that he is on this offense with my boy herbie hancock and i think they should be throwing points on the board which even extra points count in fantasy, um, but something I always forget with the Chargers, and I think a lot of people do, is they are in a dome now. They're in the new uh, Kroenke Stadium mm-hmm. with uh, the Rams, Dick. so they got a con- control. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's deserved, but they've got a <laughs> controlled environment. And he also plays um, some not great defenses and high powered offenses to start the year. He plays at Washington versus Dallas at KC, and then versus El. LA- Las Vegas and then just a lot of games that I can see being real uh, the point scorers Um, so I'm really liking him to start the year I'll let you guys throw in a couple guys you might like
0: Justin Tucker is eternal and he is everything Um, it's hard not to to go with that guy Uh, I like Bass out of Buffalo because Buffalo's offense is going to be really really good I do like him And like you said, I really do like the idea of if you can combine a dome or at least a not snowy environment and a at least decent offense, then go for it in late rounds. Scott, do you have anything else you want to toss
1: out? Yeah, that's my kind of guy. If I don't get the Tucker, Kuhn, Butker top three guys, nice uh that's that's what i'm looking at at ryan Suckab tampa bay in florida great go. offense yeah that's that's who i'm looking for yeah
2: um in tampa bay don't they have like hurricanes
1: there you were just there scott did you see any hurricanes <laughs> no but one is i think supposed Weak. to hit um in a couple days actually. i um
0: i did didn't see, see any see, alligators i oh my god i didn't see any <laughs> alligators when i was there did you see any
1: alligators no, we we saw a lot of dolphins. We we went on we went on a dolphin cruise and there were a lot that came up to the boat. It was pretty cool. Oh my god, that sounds <laughs> just amazing.
0: Um let's talk about defenses, guys. Um strategy. Let's talk strategy a little bit with defenses because you can really get screwed out of um, a lot of good points if you're not paying attention. And a lot of drafters like to go in with rankings in, in front of them. Of This is the 2021 rankings of defenses, but it's much more intricate than that when it comes to drafting because right out of the gate, you can get screwed easily. Are you guys a, I want to draft an elite defense, or are you streamers? Well,
2: I'm... I'm a streamer. What I like to look at is the first few weeks of the regular season and see if, again, as much as you can't predict defenses, you can't predict offenses, but I'd like to see what's considered good matchups for the first few weeks. I can take a defense, start them there by the waiver wire to find a defense, who again has a few good matchups around week 10, I'm looking to find a a defense that's going to have a great playoff schedule, and at that point we know who defenses and offenses are in the NFL, and I really want to lock it in at that point this season not too worried at the draft
1: I'll tell you what my strategy is usually if I have all my kind of roster filled out and no or not many defenses have been taken yet, maybe one or two, and it's my pick in the draft, and there's no position player I like that's what I'm going to go with. I feel like the tried and true defense that's high ranked that I feel like it's going to be somebody I'm going to hang on to all year. And then I'm going to play the waiver wire on weeks. I don't like their matchup. I'm I'm not typically somebody who waits till the very end on defense. I'd rather get a decent one. That's going to be solid against most teams and then, then play the waiver for those matchups that I just don't like.
0: See, there's like, for instance, There's a couple of week one matchups for defenses that I like that I I don't like the matchup for. So it's hard to draft, for instance, Buffalo when I know that they're playing against Pittsburgh in week one or my favorite defense in the entire NFL is Washington. But they play against the Chargers week one in an offense that the champs all think is going to be Taking the next step, so it's hard to draft them, knowing that week one is going to be a tough one.
2: You know who I'm grabbing, Danny. You know who. Yeah, let's let's
0: do let's do that. Who who's who's your favorite week one or or I guess week one, two, three, whatever it is, early season uh, defense, Matt.
2: My favorite defense. Who they're ranked 14th overall for defenses, and has a great matchup. Weeks one through three are the Denver Broncos. Week one. New York Giants. Week two, Jacksonville Jaguars. Week three, New York Jets. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) 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 I love those first three weeks matchup. They give me time to um, analyze how well the Broncos defense are doing and see what's out there on the waiver wire, how other offenses are performing, and what defenses are doing what. I love it.
0: Scott, so is there any defense you like week one that you're out on?
1: Before we get to that, did you just try to duck away and sniff, but I still heard your snot gurgling in the <laughs> microphone? Is it Is that? that
2: like the the, <laughs> the Taze Zonday, the Charlotte Rain guy? I lean away from the mic to breathe in.
0: <laughs> I don't understand the reference, but... Uh, you,
2: you haven't seen Chocolate Rain? Chocolate no,
0: Rain? From like, 20, like 2005?
2: Oh like yeah. Modeling.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's like the first Trumpet internet Is it like yeah. <laughs> uh, is that what I did? Uh, yeah, maybe. I got some allergies.
2: Feel <laughs> the pain Trumpet, I
0: need to get with the times. Uh
1: okay, well, I'm gonna
0: go and tell you what defense I want because I know Scott's gonna take mine away, but mine is San Francisco.
1: Damn it, you're right, I was. <laughs> oh, I <I'm> didn't really <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. yeah.
0: San Francisco plays against Detroit, and then they play against Philadelphia. And Philadelphia may have an improved offense, but they won four games last year. So I, if I had it my way, I'll take the 49ers. Good defense, but great week one and two. So now Scott's going to be left scrambling to figure out who he's going to take now.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know who they – Let me let me pull – I got to say, Jacksonville week one against Houston
0: is – and I don't even think Jacksonville's going to be that good of a defense, but you got to play the matchups, and they play Week One against the Houston Texans, so it's not so bad.
1: <laughs> not so I was bad. looking at Denver; they're they're kind of middle of the pack defense. They play the <laughs> jump. You just heard Matt choose Denver. Like a I moment didn't. I, was, I, I heard chocolate rain, and I got distracted.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, there you go. Guys. Yeah, take that one. I see. Well, then Denver. I got
1: nothing. Uh, oh, you clicked on well, new- Okay.
0: <laughs> Who the hell is even still available? You guys just list
1: like eight of the defenses.
0: Well, I'm watching you click on our show, Doc, and you're, you're you're cranking through some good ones there. You clicked on the Rams. That's a good one.
1: Yeah, I was trying to look. I mean, they're pretty highly ranked. I was looking for people. I just like their matchup because that's a team that's going to be left and it's not going to be someone who's already drafted. I'll say if you want
2: Broncos, I got one other in mind that I can take or give you. I don't care. Who are you going to give me, Matt? The New England Patriots. Week one versus Miami. Week two at New York Jets. Week three versus New Orleans. And Then versus Tampa Bay, which you can drop them by I'm, then. I'm not as I'm not that af- I'm not as afraid of Tampa Bay's offense because their defense can waste so much time too. Mm. I feel like that, the Patriots Buccaneers game is going to be pretty boring.
0: I I feel like I'm going to avoid streaming a defense against the Super Bowl winning Buccaneers and and Tom.
2: Yeah, especially against the Patriots to
1: prove a point. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll, I'll get on the new England bandwagon there with that synopsis you just laid out They're They're a pretty highly ranked defense, but not top five or six anyways, from what I'm looking at. And with the lack of offensive power they have, I feel like they're going to be focusing a lot on defense in terms of preparation. Cause I feel like they're going to have to win some low scoring games. So I'll go with that. Yeah, I'll go. I'll tell you, I'll go to England
2: there you yeah, go after, after that Tampa Bay week too we got Houston which Danny loves playing mm-hmm.
0: yeah all day I'll try to just stream defenses specific I'll look up Houston's schedule and then just figure it out from there because I think they're gonna be so trash but
2: isn't there there's a team every year where everybody wants the defense he's playing them and mm-hmm. if they're available on the waiver wire you better throw some fab dollars at yeah
0: yeah um well that does it guys uh this is a good show tight ends kickers defenses all in the books coming up next show it's gonna be sleepers breakouts and bust from the chumps of champs that's the good stuff that's the goal that's gonna win you championships right guys the sleepers bust and breakouts
2: oh yeah
0: <laughs> oh oh yeah <laughs> So make sure you go to ChumpsChampsPodcast.com, download that draft kit. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Make sure you check out our merch um, because you want to have clothes. Generally, you need clothes every, almost every day.
2: Only because society tells you yeah. you need them. But we yeah. do live in society, so you need clothes.
0: The man says wear clothes, and we just got to abide. But mm. we got clothes for you to fit that mold. Um Thanks for sticking with us. Uh,
2: Matt, close us out. Remember, have fun with it.